Carlos Blake to skate it out of his own. Breeze was up and got caught. And it's Gomez coming and rubbing it. McGillie scores! Alexander McGillie again, a defenseman pitching in and got caught. And a quick break by New Jersey. And they have taken the lead 2-1. Welcome to episode 89, the Alexander McGilney edition of Off. Should be in the Hall of Fame. Should yep. be in the Hall of Fame. Stanley Cup winner. Uh, he, he was smuggled out of communist. He defected. Soviet. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a game changer. A thousand points. Yeah. No brainer. Well, the Hall of Fame won't give him any love, Alan, but we will on this show. Alexander McGilney, Stanley Cup champion. We salute you. You're in the Off the Rush Hall of Fame. Uh, thanks for getting us wherever you got us from, whether that was Spotify or Apple. Uh, we are halfway through the first round of the playoffs. I'm going to throw it right to Victoria because Dave needs to heat up. This is an audio show, but he is. It's not Dave, up. it's Poncho. He's wrapped up like Poncho Villa. Serape, Serape. That's what Serape. that is, right? Yeah, Dave is, is all we can see is a floating head in a blanket. Dave, turn the heat on. <laughs> I don't have heat in this room yet. Okay, this is the issue. And I don't know. I'm just cold. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but I am watching this Toronto-Tampa uh, finale right now. Toronto scored a couple. They're down one. Four minutes and eight seconds left in the third period. And uh, boys are buzzing. I mean, my prediction for Toronto to win this, well, not just this series. You picked my... the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Listen, I, I feel like there was no time to explain myself. I think there's nothing it... you can say is going to make it ah, yeah, any better. <laughs> Listen, I think that, okay, first of all, I don't think it's fair that Toronto can't be considered a legitimate Stanley Cup uh, favorite here. They have been in the top four in the league for like multiple years in a row. It's just that they go up against the third best team in the league year after year after year, and they keep losing in game seven. So but, like... Uh, Hey, that's not exactly true. Montreal was in the top team in the league. The, the last time the Toronto Maple Leafs won a playoff series, Marissa Cooper was still alive on the OC. But I'm talking about this version of the... <laughs> <laughs> that's my metric of time. Right. Well, listen, I think that Toronto, like this version of the team, the reason why I picked them was because I feel like they're like the Vancouver Canucks going against the Chicago Blackhawks. That if they slay the dragon, it'll catapult them, you know, to more and more victories. I think it'll catapult them to the, you know, to the finals. And that's why I picked them. And I, I think their time is up. I think their time is due for a win in the first round. At some point, it has to end for these people who live and breathe Toronto Maple Leafs. So... You said slay the dragon with the Tampa Bay Lightning, but if they slay one dragon, then it's right on to another one with the Boston Bruins. Yeah, it's like the end of a Super Mario Brothers uh, um, world on Mario 3. It's like you've rescued the wrong princess. You got to go get the other princess. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of Koopas you got to go through. But like Alan's right, like the Canucks had to slay the dragon in against Chicago in 2011 to get over the hump. 
And I love that comparison, Dave. I think that's extremely apt because it is Tampa they keep running into, but they also keep running into Boston. So imagine in 2011, instead of moving over to the Nashville Predators, the Canucks had to play the Blackhawks again. Like it's a, it's a matzo ball. I will say this um, of the, all the years now, three years we've been doing this show, you picking the Maple Leafs was my favorite moment of this entire podcast. By far. Well, and you know what they're making? They're making them look pretty smart right now because they've just tied it at four. Did they actually? I must be a little bit behind. Uh, Morgan is live. Morgan Riley gets the score. There you go. Yeah. Oh, see, I'm behind right now. There's the face-offs about to take place. Tavares. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, guys. Face-off win. Back. I don't Morgan even. Riley. I can't even really. I don't even. I couldn't even tell you how the goal went in. This is a there. It is. Seg- Freaking is huge, segue. boys. Huge. This is a great segue, though, because we were talking about the Edmonton and the L.A. game off air before we hit record. Um, so this is the second right n- night in a row we've had a three-goal lead disappear. And also in the Jets game uh, the other night, they crawled back from down three against Vegas. What is it about the first round? Is it the pressure that the guys are under that no lead is safe? Or is it that also on the other side of the coin, nobody gives up until the final whistle? It's not just that, but we've been seeing this all year. And like, I think last year too, but especially this year, it's just the new NHL. These guys are so, like so incredibly talented that they're just able to pass the puck around, find the seams. Uh, and if, and like, just no lead is safe anymore. Like you just, you just have to push it, push it, push it all the way to the very end uh, in, in today's NHL. Well, not just that, but like you've got instant analysis. So if you give up a goal, like there's an iPad on the bench and you know right away how that was exposed, where it broke down and how you can go about correcting it. Yeah, it's true. Like there is instant analysis, but it just feels like, yeah, it's been going on all year, but it's like you're never out of it. And I think that it's great for the sport. Um, Charles Barkley, who does NBA on TNT, Sir Charles. He's uh, the best. He is the best. Uh, the best endorser for the NHL. Oh, huge. So yeah, you did you hear about this as well? Four-point oh. game in the third quarter of an NBA playoff game on the air, dissing his own product, going, this game is boring. I want to work the hockey game. Let's go over to the hockey game because I bet the hockey game is way more exciting than this. He's like, <laughs> nothing beats the first round of the NHL playoffs. Sir uh, Charles is the man. I love him. I mean, they should get him on the panel, man. Like, it'd be great. You talk about somebody, like, he doesn't have to know the X's and O's, but like, Man, does he ever love him some NHL? And he's That's, right. Like the first round of the playoffs is by far the best. Like, what do you do? You guys, do you guys, the two of you, find yourselves losing interest after the first round because teams get a little bit banged up and like the the anything can happen element of it is a little bit faded? Or are you as glued to this as you are in the first round, right to the bitter end? I don't think it's the hockey that gets stale. I think it's just that the first round of the playoffs, you're just you're watching four games a night. For yeah. six straight hours, night after night after night, that it's like, I just think it's natural to fatigue a little bit, and I, it's not the, I don't think it's the hockey's fault. The weather gets a bit nicer as we oh, go. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. That, that's part of it. Like today, like I didn't. The wife, the wife gets upset. Yeah, well, I didn't <laughs> rush upstairs to to watch the game after I finished up work today because it was like fifteen degrees and not a cloud in the sky, and so like my son and I went and rode bikes for like like an hour and a half. And then I made dinner and then I realized, oh, shit, the Leaf game's on and I got a podcast. But, uh, Alan, like, do you feel, do you experience hockey fatigue by, like, week five, week six of this? 
Bro, I watch like 200 games a year. Yeah, you got no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like, like Dave said, like you, the round one starts and you've got games. And for us here on the East Coast, you get games at seven, probably one at 730, one at 930, and then another at 10. Like, it's awesome. You get to will... escape your, you get to escape your family for two weeks. I will say that I'm way happier watching the playoffs back home on the West Coast. The one year, the bubble playoffs, and the year before that, it was just too late. Like, I was staying up with Ken and Dave, like, on WhatsApp, watching the Canuck games till, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, like, every other night in the playoffs. And that was a deep run. They were, you know, they went they went to game seven of the second round. Like, it was just, I was like, I got to get some sleep. Like, here on the West Coast, like you wrap up work, there's a game like kind of halfway through the first period, and then there's like another game at seven. It's all wrapped up. If there's an overtime, you're not too tired, you can stay up for the overtime. Like watching sports on the West Coast of North America is just beautiful. It's amazing. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, I was gonna say, like, you know, the one downside is that as the weather gets better and better and better, how sweet would it be if the game started at seven o'clock and you can go out, go to the beach do the barbecue whatever and still get back in time to watch yeah, the game. Yeah, that's true. But you do lose on you, you lose out on the sleep and that's the hard part. Yeah, but like yeah, it was brutal, man. Like staying up for the West Coast games on the East Coast. I just I understand why nobody knows who any of the players are in the Western Conference with the Toronto media. It's exhausting. I I get it. And those guys are old. Like, you know, <laughs> you're asking you're asking some of those old beat writers in Toronto to stay up. It's like they can't do it. Okay, speaking of Toronto, we all saw the clip of uh, of Dubas going at it with the fans. I want to hear your guys' take about loved that. It. Bush I league, love it. Bush League. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it too. Bush I was like, I am now a huge fan of Dubas. Like, this is great. It made Terrible me want look. Toronto to win. I'll say that. Go ahead, Alan. Terrible look. Explain. Elaborate. Can you imagine, can you imagine Joe Sackett going beacon with fans? Like no, what kind of it. mental, what kind of mental, like I like normally I'd say it's like mental. I don't even know what the correct word is anymore. Mental midget. You're going to call yeah, him. Yeah, but midget? that's not, that's not the correct word anymore. Is it? No, mental but little person. I was canceled. Yeah, mental little though. person. Mental He's little. A, like, like how much of a mental little person do you need to be to start being with some guy who's like six beers deep? I don't know. Well, he's the G like GM. Yeah, he he was he was also probably six six. Yeah. You know, gins deep or whatever he if was. Right. Not, like, if you're not a coach, like if you're an executive, there's nothing you can do at this point. Like, you can't make trades. Games are sold out automatically. Like, yeah, you're probably you're just a cheerleader. So, like, you're a cheerleader with a camera on you the entire night. I don't know. It showed some personality. We've got we've got our Joe Sackick GMs and we've got our Steve Eiserman GMs, our stoic you know, former superstar hockey players. I want the, I think he's less of a nerd now. I loved it. Yeah, man. Fucking show him up. Like, yeah, right. Like we beat you. Take that Tampa Bay. You bunch of weird Floridians go back to your swamps. I don't know. I loved it. I loved every single minute of it. It made me like the Leafs even more. Dave. I, yeah, I mean, I'm this, I'm, I'm the same way. What I liked about it and Alan, I mean, I, I can see your point, but what, he didn't cross the line. Like it no. looked really playful in a sense. Like it was just like, it was just, it was like good old hockey fun sort of thing. And that's what I really liked about it. There wasn't anybody throwing things. There no. was no like, you know, it didn't look like they were angry at each other. It was just 
beacon playfully back and forth. And I, I, I thought it was great. Yeah. It looked, and it was organic, but like, yeah, it didn't cross. I didn't think it crossed any lines either. That's a good point, Dave. Like, you know, I think a couple F bombs were dropped, but like, that's fine. Um, no, you know, nobody hurt. Nobody was throwing things from the box into the box. And like the hockey gods will take care of it. If, if Dubis crossed the line, uh, the, a puck's going to hit a skate in about, in about 25 minutes in the first overtime and go through Samsonov. We'll find out. Um, but man, if they win this game, and then this is not great radio because we're recording this while the game's on tonight, but like what, like if they go up three, one in this series, like, is it over or could Tampa worm their way back in with Corey Perry, Alan? Uh, it's like, Oh, I think Tampa, they've been there before, so I'd never count them out. Um, but it'd be tough, but equally like Toronto's going to have a ton of pressure on them going home. If they're up three, one. Oh man, that city and a lot of a lot closed. of these guys have never dealt with that before. No, and they are ready to pop. Like if they win, if they win this series at home in Toronto, Dave, how many cop cars are getting turned over on Bay Street? Oh, none because they won. We don't really listen when we win. It's, Montre- it's not Montreal, <laughs> man. It's yeah, when Toronto. Montreal wins, they burn the city to the ground. It's where they lost. Oh my God, too good. What are some other series? How about how about the New Jersey Devils? tying the series tonight oh do they win kids nobody saw that coming nobody saw that coming well hey luke hughes or wait who's the one that's in the lineup jack Jack hughes jack (laughs) hughes did he can we give him the nhl needs to come up with an award for the most personality and best interviews at the end of the season because jack hughes has got it this year after after game three it's like yeah we got whacked those first two games didn't feel real good coming to talk to you guys we're a little better now, so I don't mind it. Well, I liked him talking about heaters when they were on win streaks too, and a gutsy call by the coach going with a Kira Schmid in net, like yeah, their it's third, worked out. Their third string goalie, like that's what I think I love about the playoffs is you get these storylines. But yeah, that series, I thought it was over. I think a lot of people thought it was over after the first two games went to New York at the Prudential Center. But the Devils are a fast and talented team. Uh, there was no way this wasn't going to be a war. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's going to go seven games. You can feel it. Uh, but yeah, that that's a great you know, series. Uh, in, the other that, one, hang on, sorry. Ahead, in that in that game tonight, uh, New York tied the game, and then after they tied the game, they only got two shots on net the rest of the way. Jersey scores, takes it, but like Jersey just shut them down. David Putty must be that's, serious. That's Lindy Ruff to a T. Yep. His totally. coaching style right there. Yeah. Well, um, moving on to um, something with a little bit of local flavor for me and Dave, the Islanders and the Hurricanes. Things are looking pretty dark uh, for the New York Islanders. They're down three games to one now. Don't you even dare go at my boy. And uh, Bo Horvat <laughs> completely off the map. Like, I've watched a couple of their games. He's barely mentioned. Lane Lambert should be fired for the way he's treated him. He's a non-factor. He's a complete non-factor. He got a garbage time goal last night. Big whoop to make it 5-2 with like 30 seconds left. But like, where is he? Where's Bo? And I popped onto the Islanders Twitter. They are not happy. They're making like fake, like fake missing persons posters, like on the sides of milk cartons. It's hilarious. Like the memes. Um, 
how is this contract going to age like Andrew Ladd's guys? Is he the new bag of milk rotting in the Islanders fridge? No, because he is a king. He will be just fine once they get Lane Lambert out of there and get a coach in who knows what he's doing. I beg to differ a little bit. I don't think he's going to be like an Andrew Ladd type. Like I do think he's going to be a very good player for them for a long time. Just not $8.5 million worth, which is exactly why the Vancouver Canucks didn't want to sign him even for eight million, they didn't even want to go to like seven originally. Like they was, were just yeah, six point five is Brock Besser money was what he was talking out at. Yeah, which or six point. Low. Yeah, I mean, like I mean, I could have justified giving him seven point two five or something, but like, but I don't know. I mean, I've watched, we've watched Bo Horvat every single game for since the start of his career. He's a great player. Oh, sorry, he's a very good player. He's a very he's good. Not player. a great. He's not a great player. And and like that's the that's the difference. And then well, the New York Islanders are gonna find that out. I think the psychology in it too, as a Canucks fan, was like they were paying him and treating him like a very good player since we got him. And then he was having this like beast of a season, and so we loved it. You flip the script, now you're an Islanders fan. They sign this guy to an eight million dollar deal, like ridiculous money for eight years. Like the term is crazy. They gave up arguably their top prospect. They gave up a very popular player in the locker room and in the community in Bolivier. And the guy's done nothing for them. So it's like a completely different experience. And they don't have the history of seeing him come up as a rookie and eventually become captain. Like, you know, so he went for the cheap pop before the playoffs, threw the Canucks under the bus. And this is this is the hockey gods. He's getting his just desserts. Uh, they should be winning this series. Carolina is banged up. They're missing four of their top six forwards, and they're going to go out in five. So, you know, I hope you have a great world championships once you join Team Canada, Bo, because that's where you're going next. Um, yeah, but you know what? Carolina's also got the far superior coach, and I would even say probably a top five coach in the league, and guys will absolutely go through a brick wall for Rod the Bod. Rod the bottle yeah, because yeah, he's gonna beat you in the gym. Like you gotta, you, you know, he's gonna he's gonna outlift you and make you work hard. Like but yeah, you so really don't if, you really don't seem to like Lane Lambert, Alan. What's with oh, you and Lane Lambert? <laughs> I just like I just I like. There's so many better options that they could have picked, and they went to him. I'm just like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I and I still think I still think that they gave the shaft to uh, what's his face there. His Jerry name Trotz? is. Yeah. Like, Isn't there a rumor well, that he's going to be back next year? Isn't that kind no, of... No, he's he took uh, he took a front office job there with uh, Nashville. Oh, that's right. Nashville? Oh, yeah. yeah. Back, he's a god in Nashville. They love him. Yeah, yeah. Nashville. He's up like president or something like that. So he's living the high life. They should... Uh, the Islanders should get a coach like Gerard Gallant. Don't you guys think? Oh, yeah. I, love, I love Turk. He's great. He's a great coach, but he's not available. Uh, well, was it, wasn't he also <laughs> left on the side of the road? In Carolina, yeah, yeah, by yeah. Florida. Yeah. Oh, it was by Florida. Oh my yeah, bad. In my Carolina, joke, they were playing my joke hurt. sucks. I thought I I forgot. I thought it was the Islanders. Yeah, they like my fired bad. him and then they're like filing up to the bus. <laughs> I was I was wondering where you were going with that. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's a coach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, my joke sucks. You know who? You know who? You know who might be a fit there and who is available and would be very familiar with Mr. Horvat would be a former New York Islander Travis Green. Maybe that's a fit for them. I'm not even joking. That might be a fit. 
Um, moving on to the Vegas and Winnipeg series. Vegas is up two games to one. Uh, they're doing it with road hockey goalies. Is that over? Like they got the game tonight, but like, what do you? What's your guys' thinking on that? Like, if they can't beat, if they can't beat Vegas with like Laurent Brassois playing goal for them against Connor Hellebuck, it's they're probably done, right? Vegas is just such a good team, but I mean, losing uh, Morrissey is a huge blow. Yeah, that's a massive blow. So, like, he was uh, playing out of his mind, Norris quality hockey and he's they came, done for the series they came back from, from from three down without him like he got hurt before they turned that game around so i couldn't like, i couldn't believe that like we were talking comebacks earlier it's just like there's a ton of them happening yeah, out of the blue out of the blue but like uh, for me if they had managed to win that game in overtime without morrissey i give them a chance but like not getting that win and losing their best defenseman i just think it's too much to overcome um, but they played great. Like, I, I, I don't think that's a situation where you blow it up. Um, they, that's a tough draw getting Vegas in the first round because they struggled a little bit in the regular season, but like, I like their game. I like their resilience. Uh, I'm really rooting for Winnipeg. I hope I'm wrong, but like, I don't, there's no shame in losing to Vegas, like at all. Like the goaltending that Vegas is putting out there is questionable, but like, like Dave said, that team is just so deep and they're so fast. Well, and Vegas got the bump from the return of Mark Stone, too. Mark Stone and Shea Theodore and Jack Eichel all came back for game one after being out of the lineup. And they're all, they're all, all playing great, stars. too. They're, yeah. they're all all-stars. Yeah. And and like Mark Stone, was it last year? I'm pretty sure it was last year where he was just like, I was awful for the playoff run. And he he really just got on himself and just said, I wasn't good enough. He really took a lot of the blame himself. And I look at him this year. He's he's playing great. He won game two by himself. Yeah. Like he was well, absolutely a force. It was McKinnon. While we're, talk- while we're talking about this Winnipeg series, can we just mention that? Like, come on, Winnipeg, figure it out. Your team's at home. They're wearing navy blue jerseys. I understand the history of the whiteout, but come on, the other team's wearing white. And you got the goals for kids uh, reverse retro Jets jerseys just sitting there. For yeah, the like, come on, perfect. there's so many opportunities there. Yeah. So just a live update on the game. It is 1-1 after, after one period right now in Winnipeg or during the first period. It's a tie game. I was going to say, I've got it on right now. Do yeah, you know something I don't know? No, 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 no. It's a tie <laughs> game. But uh, yeah, I think this one's going to be close. I do think that the Jets win or lose will probably lose this series. But again, like I think you bring Rick Bonus back and you bring everybody back. No shame in it. Just a tough draw. But I don't, I think they've got a decent team. They need a little bit of identity. They need a little bit more grit on the back end, I think. But Vegas is good, man. They are good. Um, so deep. Uh, so strong. Also so deep and so strong, the Boston Bruins. They're starting to chew through the Florida Panthers, aren't they, guys? Like a little bit. Oh, buddy. I picked Boston because I said that they were built for playoffs. And the other day, they're playing Florida. And Florida's trying to, like, rough and toughen up and, and trying to go them into stuff. And everybody, when I say everybody on the ice, literally everybody showed they weren't going to be pushed around, including Linus Olmark. Yeah, that what's was with, great. What's with the referees not wanting goalies to fight? If they are willing to drop the mitts and square off with somebody, especially if it's a Kachuk brother, let them. I, 
I think that the Boston Bruins uh, management and coaching staff were very happy that the referee broke that up because well, hey, Cam, Neely, Cam Neely probably would have given him a, a bonus had he done it. Oh yeah. Seabass loved it. I'm sure. But like, you know, you can't have Lena Solmark breaking his hand. Also, if he fights Kachuk straight up, Kachuk's going to eat his breakfast, like eat him for breakfast. He's going to beat the crap out of him. So I so, don't know. Like the guys were saying, Olmark's like some crazy, like crazy tough or something. Oh, like he's like a, a Felix Potman. Uh, yeah, like, like just sneaky tough, sneaky, sneaky, wild tough. Yeah. So, so Alan, we, uh, Dave and I and a couple of buddies did this little, we did a little hockey, like a pool where we picked players and stuff. Just want to throw this out there. Brad Marchant, he was he was my second pick overall. <laughs> smart, smart. I and hope I get, love him. And I was like, I, and my boy, Brad Marchant. I'm I hope him. you get points for penalty minutes and points. No, straight points lazy. Lazy. Brad Marchand has been playing like a man possessed. Um, I took Bergeron because they said he was going to be back in the lineup real soonish. I'm getting a little impatient. Like well, he'll yet. be back. He'll be back. Now they get some extra time to rest him, and yeah. he'll be back. And Taylor Hall starting to come around for the bees. Like, how crazy is it that a former MVP of the NHL is playing on Boston's third line? Well, and he's been gone. He's been out the whole year. Like, he's yeah. kind of a trade line, trade deadline pickup in himself, right? And he's performing. He had four points the other night, and like, he looks great. And go ahead, Dave. Oh, not just that he he had such an underwhelming season. I mean, like it's it's incredible. He had 36 points in 61 games. Like that's yeah. that's not very good. And then now look at him in the playoff series. Just he he's just picked it up to a new level. I think I think this team it, it kind of reminds me of some other teams, like some Red Wings teams that didn't dominate in the regular season but still won their cups. I think they know what it's about. Like they they were gonna win sixty something games without Taylor Hall performing either way, and I think he just waited to flip the switch. Like Taylor's problem his whole career has been staying fresh and healthy, and maybe he just in his veteran stage of his career just eased the throttle a little bit. Well, January, hey, let's be fair. He really hasn't had the opportunity to flip the switch on the teams he's been on. No, no, he's been cursed with a lot of losses from like Edmonton to New Jersey. It's been a rough go, but. And then Arizona too, right? Like, yeah, he hasn't played on a lot of winners, but he seems like a nice kid. I it, like this isn't like your dad's Bruins. This isn't the 2011 Bruins. There's a couple stragglers, I think. Is there anybody other than Marshawn still around from that team? And Bergeron. But that's it, right? Krejci. Oh yeah, Krejci. Well, he left yeah. and came back. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I don't hate them like I used to. If they win the Stanley Cup, I'm fine with it. It makes sense. Um. Can, we just, point, can we just point out that was 12 years ago and we just named three guys still on the team? Yeah, it's impressive, right? <laughs> yeah. That's very impressive that they've been able to keep that. Well, and you know what? Zidane Char probably could come back and play. Yeah, when he's not running the marathon, which was pretty... Yeah, the guy just ran the Boston Marathon in some like impressive time. Yeah, under four hours or something? Yeah, it was, it yeah. was stupid for a guy that's like 40 plus. Well, he Yeah, but he's taking half the amount of steps as everybody else. <laughs> he's gliding he's he so just tall. ran half a marathon okay that's all that's what he did <laughs> if you're florida if you're paul maurice are you going back to alex lyon or are you going to go with stick with bobrovsky for game four or game five mm, does it matter it doesn't <laughs> i know you got 11 million reasons to give it back to bob but like lyon is was better he was definitely better but do you but is there some sort of psychology behind like 
not putting the kid in a situation to lose a playoff series. He, like he's thirty years old, he's not a kid. He's, oh, he's new on. Never the, mind. <laughs> new on the. He's just a journeyman, man. The guy's just been in the oh. minors forever. But yeah, he's not a kid. But yeah, like I don't know. I don't. Maybe it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're going down. <laughs> yeah, um, they are. You also, know what? Like, I think I think you played Lion the first two games, and then you went to Bobrovsky. You got to go back to Lion. You got to ride with the guy that you started with. Yeah, and that got them to the playoffs. Like he yeah. went on an incredible run in the last twelve games. I think he was like ten zero and two to get them in. Um, so the last series to cover that we haven't talked about in depth: Colorado and Seattle. Ken's prediction of the Seattle Kraken. I think the clock of winning the series. <laughs> it's, a, the, it's almost as bad as Dave saying <laughs> Toronto's going to win the cup. Toronto well, hang, hang on a minute. They if Toronto goal. wins tonight, yeah, dude, hold up, like, come on, hold up. They score a goal like in the next ten minutes, looking pretty good, as Larry David would say, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, but yeah, the Seattle Kraken. I think the clock has struck twelve on that Cinderella, all because of one guy. Right, Nathan McKinnon has shown up in force. Kale McCarr also has remembered who he is. Uh, we were kind of watching the the Avalanche, even the games that they won, uh, kind of slept walk through the beginning of this series. But I think they're wide awake now. Uh, is this one over in five, guys? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all in. It's over. Yeah. Sorry, Ken, like, you're out there listening. I know you are, Mr. Beauchamp. Um, the Seattle dream is dead. One thing that was interesting, I was watching that game uh, the other night and I was like, you know, it kind of pissed me off as a hockey fan, especially a West Coast hockey fan. I'm like, this game is like an hour and a half drive from my house. I'm like, there's playoff hockey happening within a tank of gas of me. And it's not the team that I'm cheering for. And it just made me a little extra bitter about the Canucks lack of progress. I'm like, Seattle didn't even exist. And now they have playoff games. How is this fair? This is bullshit. It's because the NHL set up the expansion teams for success. Well, they should. And if next year, if the same thing happens, I'm just so hungry to be in a building for a playoff game, I will go down and watch. What do tickets now, go for? I have no in, idea. In Seattle, I think they're. Yeah. I think it's a lot. Is it a lot? I would expect it to be a lot. Like their beers are seventeen dollars US what? or something like what? that. Like it's. Yeah, oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's not even good know. beer. It's American beer. <laughs> I'll just go to the... Well, I know their rink is... It's downtown. See, the one thing I like about where Safeco is is there's that fantastic brewery right next door, the Pyramid. So you can go and drink all your beer there and uh, and get a little bit tipsy and then not have to worry about the $11 Bud Light in, uh, in Safeco Field. Go ahead, Dave. Dave, you sort of mentioned you're like the last series we we haven't talked in depth, but have we talked about Edmonton, LA or yeah. Dallas Mini? Oh, we didn't talk about Dallas nope. and Minnesota. Yeah, let's hit them. We okay. talked about Edmonton. Um, that's kind of going the way we all thought it would, though, isn't it? It's just a slog. Like, they're so evenly matched. It's hard to pick who's going to win. It's uh, fun hockey, though. Like, it's a good series to watch. Oh, and the ending there where they, again, another comeback where where Minnesota was down in that game to Dallas. They crawled back into it, and, man, did they come close to tying it with seven seconds left. Um, the One of the images, especially if Dallas wins this series, it'll stick with me for the whole playoffs, uh, was the shot of the Minnesota bench when they missed that chance in the dying seconds. Yeah, and totally. Like, oh! like, you see how much it means to these guys, but... I think Dallas is a dangerous team. If they get through Minnesota with that roster, they could they could make the Stanley Cup Finals. I really think they they could beat Colorado. I think they could beat anybody. Um, but Minnesota, man, they just seem to really want it. Um, 
Alan, you know, I, I, I keep coming back to Minnie and, you know, watching the L.A. Edmonton series and watching how good Fiala is. Like, Fiala is so good out there. And the fact that Minnesota had to just let him go yeah. because, of cap, because of cap restraints. Like, how Pure good would Minnie be? Yeah. yeah. Alan, you've been pumping the Minnesota Wilds tires for, like, over a year. Because you were talking about them last year, too. Like, Yeah, but then I picked, I, then I picked Dallas this year. I know. I don't know. But, like... <laughs> Moving past that, which is interesting because you've been like on their coattails for so long and then you didn't pick them. Um, if they get past the stars, like, could you see them making it to the finals? I think so. They're good I, enough. Yeah, they've got, I think they've got the toughness that you need. They've got the high skill that you need. Their defense is good. Um, Dean Everson seems to have it all figured out this year. Creed Bratton. Uh, I could... Looks just like Creed Bratton. He does. He does from the from the grassroots or whatever that band was called in the 60s. Yeah. And then everybody knows him now from the office. Um, yeah, I could see them going. Like, it'd be great. I, the state of hockey in the U.S., they could use a run like that. They really could. Like, you talk about a place that's never had a Stanley Cup that should have a Stanley Cup. Like, Minnesota is almost like another province of Canada. Like, culturally, they're they're very Canadian. Uh, there are eleventh province. They really are. Yeah, that's it's it's uh you know I I wouldn't mind seeing the Minnesota Wild win a Stanley Cup. I could I could probably stomach that a lot better than Vegas or Seattle winning one. If I'm being I could honest. I could stomach that just because the party that uh, Ryan Reeves would have afterwards would be epic. It would put Ovechkin's Stanley Cup run to shame. It really would. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to see it. I think that uh, it's interesting that Fleury isn't playing. They went with Gustafson, but he's been safe for save with Ottinger. I think we've seen the best goaltending. I've watched a couple of the games. Um, we've seen shaky goaltending in the playoffs in almost every series, except for that one. Like Gustafson uh, is playing very well, and Ottinger is a stud. Uh, notice I'm not mentioning any Canadian goalies uh, in the goaltending conversation. I will throw this back to the LA Edmonton series because I want your guys' coaching opinions. Stuart Skinner had a good season for the for the Oilers. Uh, you know, he hasn't played bad in the playoffs, but he gets chased the other night. Jack Campbell came in, played very well. Who's they got to ride. They got to ride whoever's getting it done, and it was Jack Campbell the other night. He was lights out, good for them. You got to go back to him. You're going soupy. Dave, who are you going with in net? Biggest yeah, I think I, I'd probably go with Campbell as well. But, you know, you were mentioning earlier, I didn't get to put my two cents in on this. You were, you were saying uh, that you didn't know who you were cheering for until Hyman scored that goal. Yeah. And, man, well, I watched that whole game. And when every time LA was putting the puck in the net, I was, like, fist pumping. And I was like, I can't believe how much... I care about LA beating Edmonton. You I just want to see chaos. You want to see chaos. I do. And I just, I do. It's like, I have it like what Allen is for Toronto. It's like, that's what I've become for Edmonton. Well, we've got a maybe not, of- maybe not quite like that, but I'm getting there. We've got two and a half minutes left in the show and the Leafs are on the power play in overtime. So this game could end live on the air. It should be fun. In the meantime, Wait, which, by the way, guys, I'm behind both of you, so uh, no cheering until I cheer. Hold off for 20 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, you, that's right. If you pop on the chat or on the show, we'll wait for you. How's that? <laughs> All right, sounds good. You're the indicator for the comments. Uh, with two minutes to go in play, what are we beveraging tonight for Hockey Palooza, the first round of the playoffs? Well, I am drinking, uh, you know, Hoyne. 
Pilsner. I've been doing it for a while, but it's damn good Pilsner. It's like spaghetti. Spaghetti is very ordinary, but a very good spaghetti is one of the best meals in the world. That's what Hoyne Pilsner is. Hmm. Uh, I'm going with a banquet because I just bought a lot of them. You know what? I like it. It's the beer that doesn't try to overthink it. It knows what it's about. It knows what its role is. It's a good, solid third liner that kills penalties and wins faceoffs. It knows what it needs to do, and it does it very well. Alan. I am going to – I'm. it's a school night, so I got uh, – I behave, and I've got the Coors Seltzer. And I'm just – like, I want to drink something hard tonight, but I went and did the safe route. With it's a the safe, responsible man by a man grapefruit who... seltzer. Grapefruit. Oh, it's good for the kidneys. Uh, it's a responsible choice by a responsible man. Not Dave Hoskin picking the Toronto Maple Leafs to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, bold, bold, bold choice, my man. This has been episode 89, the Alexander McGillney edition of Off the Rush. The Leafs. Dave, do you know? Yeah, no, man. I'm on. still watching. I'm still watching. <laughs> Leaves at the point over on the side. Uh, in front rebound. Oh, wide. What is does what? anything happen here? He shoots, he scores. The Toronto Maple Leafs win. <laughs> they win game four. They're up three games to one. Thanks for Matthews, listening. Matthews just left the ice. Next week, this has been episode 89. Good night. Keep your sticks on the ice.